Awkward intro time. Hey, handsome. Mm. Oh, hi. How you doing? We're back. Oh. Oh, how's everybody's week? Week. You know, it was a week, but there's no place I'd rather be right now. That's for I sure. Tell you, I prefer to be here than in the middle of a Hy-Vee parking lot. That Ooh. is fair, and I prefer to be here than uh, sitting outside of the AMC 24 in Hampton while a fire alarm is going off. So. <laughs> it's been a but day. I did, I did see a really cool truck with a NASA logo on it. Nice. Yeah. A fire truck, sorry. I just yeah. truck. Still. Shout out to my friend Renee if he listens. Just posted a picture of that truck, too. Yeah, just wild. Uh, it showed up after I got inside, so I got it from the second story through a window. Yeah. I was kind of bummed about that. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know what might cheer you up, though? What's that? Maybe a cold open topic. Oh, all right. Well, uh, you know what? We're about halfway through the year, so how about we talk about our current top five films of 2022? Yeah. Sure. I'll give it uh, the old college try. All right. Do we want to uh, do we want to go round robin and each of us do five 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 four four four, or do we want to do straight? Let's do that. The round robin. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'll go ahead and open up with my number five. You know what? I my current number five I watched last year, so I'm going to stick to ones that I watched during the year of 2022. Uh, my number five currently is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Beautiful. Cannot wait to watch that. It is wonderfully hilarious. Just zany madcap. I can't wait to rewatch it myself. Nicolas Cage is on his game. Pedro Pascal is wonderfully hilarious. I think everybody, if you haven't seen this yet, it's out on, I think, on digital now. So... Check it out. It's wonderful. Nice. Nice. Well, my number five, I have to asterisk a little bit. Okay. So I do not say that I've seen the Batman only because I have Jonathan the Batman three times. (laughs) So I have not seen the ending, but my number five, I have Jonathan as well, but I at least woke up to see the ending. And that is the Atom Project. So <laughs> what I've seen of it was pretty cute. I like it. I think, I think it's pretty cute. I yeah. currently have it at... Oh, that's a lot. Low. Where did it go? My number 40 of... Prepare yourself. 69. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, from what I saw, I mean, it was... It was I'm, I might actually go back and watch it because, you know... I fell asleep and, you know, the kid realized who Ryan Reynolds was and I wake up and they're blowing up a portal with uh, the Hulk. So I missed something somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Yeah. So, but, but from what I saw, I enjoyed a lot better than my number six because I've only seen six movies this year. Real quick. What was your number six? It's Morbin time, baby. Oh yeah. Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> All right. All right, Zach, uh, I believe you said you've only seen four 2022 releases. That is correct. Uh, so how know. about how about we just kick into your number four? Sure. My number four, as it stands, is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sonic 2 the Hedgehog. 
Sonic 2 the Hedgehog. I still gave it three and a half stars. I enjoyed it for what it was. Had fun taking my boys to the theater first time for my middle son and the youngest. Oh, we all three went. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we had made a day of it. So, you know, look like the memories are better than the movie. But I, I just realized that I may not watch that movie because I thought of the perfect title that they completely missed out on. What's that? The Fast and Furrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I gave also out. giving us a good title on that. I gave that two stars, and oh yeah, uh, Sonic Two Electric Blue Glue. Yes, so go go that's better. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave that one two stars. It's sitting at my number fifty six right now. Wow, thanks. I also took my boys to see it. Did not have as much fun as I. <laughs> I liked the first one. I'm going to watch the second one at some point. It's about the same. Fair. And that's good. Uh, nice. All so right. m- my number four All right. was Turning Red. That was a no good movie. Was, so was my number four. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is a lot of... Uh, hey, guys, this is definitely not what it's... Li- there is nothing literal about that movie at all. No. At all. No, not even a little. Um, and it is... I, I like the way that it they did it. Um, I don't. Um, was Banks was did he not like the movie or was no, it trash? No, Banks absolutely loves that movie. Okay, yeah, it's his most watched somebody... movie year so far. He said, "Oh no. wow, I don't think it was Trav either." I, I think Trav likes that movie. Okay, I would. Greg There's... had a problem, but then he corrected himself. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Greg had the had an issue with it. Oh, because uh... he didn't finish watching it before he started <laughs> judging it on Twitter. <laughs> but. Yep, Greg. Yeah, you came back and you, yeah, amended your thoughts. That good, good for you. Yeah. All right, You're a real man. All right, so Zach, what's your number three? My number three is turning red. So hey, hey there we go. Very nice, nice. Yeah, I gave that four stars. I really, um, really liked it. Uh, yeah, not not one of my absolute favorite Pixar's, but. I really did. I, I liked it. My boys liked it. I'm not going to make me go to my Pixar list. <laughs> I liked it better than Luca. Mm. I liked it way yeah. better than Luca. Yeah. I think Luca's good. Yeah. Luca's good. I, Super I gay. Thought, <laughs> Super gay. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, the difference between me liking it and not liking it is that I enjoyed how gay it was. Sure. <laughs> um. Sorry, trying to find my Pixar list. Uh, Turning Red is my number five overall Pixar film. Oh, there you go. I gave it five stars. I put it above Monsters, Inc. What the fuck wrong with you? (laughs) Monsters, Inc. is my number six. Six fucking wrong answers or five (laughs) answers wrong answers above it. That's what's wrong with you. Uh, Jonathan, what's your number three? Fuck you. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Uh Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Nice. Yes. I, I this is one of those movies that's again much better than it had any fucking right to be. Any right to be. Um it was I mean it was literally made for our generation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've heard from anybody outside of our generation. So I would like to hear what other people have said about it. I will say, uh, not not that this counts for too much, but my kids like that movie so much that they started watching Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers 
the television show. Oh, well, there you go. On, on Disney Plus. <laughs> Very so, nice. That is peer reviewed. Yeah. yeah. So it, it resonated with them just enough to be like, oh, I want more of this. <laughs> nice. I, I know my boys liked it. I still haven't watched it yet, and they watched it without me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Just haven't yet. But they I, all liked I, it. My yeah, wife liked you, it. If you like the Rescue Rangers and every cartoon that came out around that time, mm-hmm. you'll like it. And there is uh, one little extra character in there that I think you'll enjoy as well. Yeah. Sure. That film, that that film is definitely for the uh, younger Gen Z, older millennial crowd. Yep, <laughs> elder millennials. Yeah, it was geriatric. a geriatric, geriatric millennial. <laughs> Although I've noticed they've stopped calling us elder millennials and started calling all of us elder emos now. Elder emos? Yeah, we're all elder emos now. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I was never an emo. I fucking hated that. I'm still an emo. You must be emo. I was like, no, I was goth, you son of a bitch. I specifically was punk before emo became a thing. Yep. Did not like emo. Yep. All right. My number three. Yeah. Is a beautiful film called Petite Maman. A film that uh, is a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, recollection on grief and how grief uh generational grief man i'm i'm having a hard time thinking of words this movie is confounding me it's french it was french i'm seeing lots of uh positive um uh commentary on um social media about it i'm excited to watch it it's beautiful zach i think you're gonna like it more than just about anybody else i know i'm honestly surprised it got released when it did it seems very uh and again, this is coming from somebody who's only watched the trailer a few times. Gone. Eh, this may not be for me, but it just does seem very much like if this came out in like that November, December area, probably would be up for some Oscars. It so it got like small releases mm. in like New York last year, but I'm putting it on my list this year because it got a wide release so late. Uh, like okay. it didn't. You know, it didn't get the like mid January, early February release yeah. wide. It got like late March, and that's mm-hmm. that's post Oscars like yeah. voting. So, would it be eligible for the upcoming year then? I think it. I think it was. I think France put um, Titane up for uh, consideration for the foreign film. Okay, last year, which. Is amazing. That movie rules. <laughs> uh, this movie is almost the complete opposite of that movie. <laughs> it's sweet. It's quiet. It's uh, about a little girl meeting the younger version of her mother and discussing the grief of their current, uh, her the little girl's grandmother recently mm-hmm. dying. Wow! It it's beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. Uh, everybody, check it out. Zach, what's your number two? My number two and my number one are both four and a half stars that could bounce back and forth upon multiple watches. So right now... Continue carefully. Right now, I have everything everywhere all at once in my number two. You know, I was really hoping... I need to watch it again. Uh, I I hate, you know, excuses, but I've only Mm -hmm. been able to watch movies uh, once 
other than turning red, which has been on kind of in the background. <laughs> um, but as time allows, I will rewatch and it could rise. Fair enough. Uh, my number two is Dr. Strangelove and how I fell in love with the Scarlet Witch. There you go. Very nice. It was good. I liked it. It's a good it one. Was, uh, it was very Sam Raimi when it was Sam Raimi. Yes. So, which is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was actually really interesting to see Marvel actually let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. Yeah, and the, which which is the strongest decision because you you can't handcuff Sam Raimi no. and expect a good movie. And it's at my number sixteen right now. I think it's the strongest Marvel film that's been released in years. In a while, yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, uh, you see, it's. Yeah. It's wonderful, and it's made me excited to see uh, Thor 4. <laughs> what, four? Four. Four. Four? Four? Because you can't say just Thor. You can't say just four. Four so, Thor. Four Thor. The Thor and the Thoriest. <laughs> Thor 4, Quest for Peace. Yes. <laughs> All right, what was your number two, sir? Uh, my number two currently is RRR. R-R-R. It's I, incredible. I so. have seen a scene from that film that was shared by Netflix Geek. Was it the uh, was it the dance scene? No, it was the bridge uh, where they tie. Oh my god! My <laughs> god! <laughs> It's like, so wild. That, so that uh, I love that. So I you know maybe I should have. That's that's automatically whole, it's in my top five. <laughs> Zach, that's the whole movie. Good. That's not just a scene. The yeah. entire the entire movie is like that. Excellent. It, it Excellent. starts. It starts like that, and then never fucking stops <laughs> for three hours. I just need nice. to make sure I watch this like during the day so my energy matches it <laughs> yeah because because i believe that is the moment that is that that moment's like 40 minutes into the movie and is the moment that they finally put the fucking title of the movie on the screen <laughs> oh they pulled a drive my car <laughs> nice it's amazing <laughs> nice nice yeah, that's my wife and kid are gone for the weekend, so I think I might uh, go ahead and set some time aside. Very go. nice. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to the the tweets about how amazing this is. All right, Zach, what is your number one? My number one is, you know, a Batman. A Batman. One Batman in a long line of much better Batmans. Gotcha. <laughs> it, it was what I wanted, and I've only watched it once. Like I said, I, if I watch it again, I'll probably find fault in it, and it could fall down the list. But as it is, it was what I wanted. Fair enough. I need to watch it. I need to just be able to not be tired when I see that movie, or mm-hmm. watch it at a time when it's like I should usually take a nap at this time. Um, quiet and serious. Yeah, I mean, it's. I have seen that opening scene so many times. <laughs> if uh, it just. Yeah, but if you're going to spend three hours on a movie, go RRR. Sure. Maybe follow it up with the bed. Like, I'll be fucking awake after that movie. Yeah. You'll I'll be just so, be so tired. You'll be so hyped. You'll be so hyped that your adrenaline is going to wear off right after the first scene of A Batman again. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, 
I can just go ahead and assume me and Paul have a pretty similar number one. I'm mm. already sure it's the exact same number one. It, it is. So my number one is everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a perfect film. It is. It's one of the most incredible things that's ever been put on screen, and there's nothing wrong with it. No. Everything they set up pays off. Things that they barely set up pay off. <laughs> it's got a great emotional through line. Oh, God. Michelle Yeoh is perfect. Mm-hmm. She deserves to win Best Actress this year. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, there's there's literally not going to be a better performance on screen this year than her performance in this movie. Yeah, no. There, and yeah. and because A424 doesn't do uh, awards pushes, she's not going to get nominated. Damn. It's, it's going to yep. be the greatest shame in the world because she has it all. She does everything right. Everywhere. <laughs> all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's been our six-month recap. I'm uh, excited where else it goes from here. Yeah, we'll see you in six months and uh, discuss this again. Mm-hmm. We got summer tent poles, baby. Baby. Four Thor. Four. <laughs> the four and the Thoriest. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about depth. Thor and Robin. Yes. <laughs> Thor nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Zach. We've got explosive action, explosive emotions, explosive. <laughs> so unpack your 21st century war trauma and shove it in the Hurt Locker. All right. Is, is, that sounds is, naughty. That does. Oh. Sounds very naughty. Yeah. Well, let's get to this very naughty movie indeed. By asking, is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yes. No. Oh, no for me. Zach, do you remember the first time you watched it? I don't remember. No, I can't remember if I saw this in theaters. I don't think I did. I think I saw it. Uh, I rented it on DVD. When it first mm. came out. Nice. And it's like, oh, yeah, there we go. Nice. I did see this in theaters. Cool. And I had, it was the summer of 2009, and I had just gotten Facebook. And my Facebook profile picture uh, was always changing from whatever film I just saw in theater that I absolutely loved. And this was my Facebook profile picture for a while. <laughs> there you go. Loves it. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down! Oh, the 82nd annual Academy Awards. It is a notorious March 7th, 2010. We are at the Kodak Theater still, and our hosts this evening, we have two. A returning Steve Martin and his partner, Eric Ball. Eric Ballring. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I really liked them together. I, I I remember liking them as well. It didn't make sense why they didn't bring them back. Uh, all right, our uh, most awarded or most nominated films on the evening are ex-husband and ex-wife dueling it out with Avatar by James Cameron and The Hurt Locker by Catherine Bigelow, both picking up nine nominations. Our most awarded film on the evening is a is a triumphant Catherine Bigelow picking up six Academy Awards for The Hurt Locker. Nice. I believe this is the first time ever something like that has happened. Nice. So let's get into it. The Hurt Locker wins Best Picture, giving Catherine Bigelow, Mark Bowl, Nicholas Cartier, and Greg Shapiro Academy Awards for producing. And because there was such a stink the year before at what got left out of the Academy Award nominations, namely The Dark Knight and Wall-E, the Academy has decided to make the stupidest decision they have ever made <laughs> and expanded the awards, the, the Best Picture Award, to 10 nominees. They will amend this later. We will talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But for now... 10 big ones. 10 nominees. So The Hurt Locker beats out Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, and Education, and Glorious Bastards, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, which they couldn't call Push because that other Pusher movie came out. Uh, a Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. Huh. Too many movies. <laughs> All right. Best Director goes to Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. Catherine Bigelow, the first woman in four nominees in 82 years to win Best Director. Hurt Locker, also the first. What female directed to win Best Picture? That is correct. Yeah, good job, Academy. Catherine picking up two Academy Awards on the evening. Just eighty-two years. Moving on. <laughs> Best actor goes to Jeff Bridges. Yes, for <laughs> Crazy Heart, <laughs> and I'm very excited because, as we all know, mm -hmm. I love Bridges. Paul loves Bridges and guitars. <laughs> And guitars. And bad Blake. Uh, Jeff Bridges beats Jeremy Renner playing Sergeant First Class William James in The Hurt Locker. This actress goes to Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. Yeah, that was a misstep and a half. Yeah, and more. And more. And more. Personally, think it should have gone to Gabri Sidibe for Precious, but that's yeah. me and everybody else. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, because she was incredible, indeed. Uh, but I will have another note later. Later, Sandra Bullock. Best supporting actor goes to Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards. Beautiful, so freaking deserved. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm very sad that uh, Anthony Mackie does not make it into the category for the Hurt Locker. Yeah, that's that is absurd. Yeah, yeah, because he was better than Jeremy Renner. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I was hoping you were going to say he was better than Matt Damon in Invictus. Oh, she well, was. I'm, I'm sure he was. I actually didn't see that, so I saw that in the theaters. <laughs> 
trying to remember if I saw the Lovely Bones in theaters or not. I still have not seen the Lovely Bones. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I think that's one of those movies that I just immediately forgot about. I don't remember if I didn't have the time or I didn't have the interest. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. I think Caitlin read the book and was disappointed by the movie, so I never saw it myself. <laughs> All right. Best Supporting Actress goes to Monique from Pre- Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Very well-deserved win. Good, then she good. tries to assert herself as a black woman in Hollywood and ends up getting fucking blacklisted. Blacklisted because of it. Was it she said because she didn't thank uh, one of the producers or something? Yeah, something. And then she wanted like equal pay or something. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, that yeah. that was the bigger problem. Yeah, it's like no, you take your table scraps and you will enjoy Bullshit. it. Oh shit! It is. It's disgusting. Yeah. All right. Best original screenplay goes to The Hurt Locker, giving Mark Bull an Academy Award. Hmm. Best original? Yeah. Oh, oh. He didn't write a book, did he? He wrote, no. He did, okay. So, for some reason, I'm thinking he wrote a book and then adapted it. No, this was no, this was mostly just based off of his his own recollections, but not okay. Um, best adapted screenplay goes to Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, giving Jeffrey Fletcher an Academy Award, the first black writer to win. Jesus Christ. An Academy Award in 82 years. <laughs> See the Academy clapping themselves on the back. We did good, old boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I would like to bring up Nick Hornby is nominated for an education since we talked to. Uh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity recently. Word. All right. Best animated feature goes to Up. Up. The weakest of five nominated movies. I agree, but uh, we may have time to discuss that another time. Another time. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Rub, rub. Best foreign language film goes to The Secret in Their Eyes from Argentina. Best Mm -hmm. documentary feature goes to The Cove. Good job, Cove. Yeah, which is a film where you get to watch a lot of dolphins get murdered. That's, oh yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> There's one thing I want to watch. It's murdering dolphins. It's pretty intense. They're killed so many every year in the cranberry bogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you get dolphin-free cranberries. Yes. Best documentary short subject goes to Music by Prudence. Dear Prudence. Won't you come out and play? Best live action short film goes to The New Tenant. So they move in and they get an Academy Award. Good job. Yeah. Uh, best animated short film goes to Logo Rama. I feel like I saw that. I watched it's it. French, so probably. I like watched the- it on. This was one of the first years where uh, you could watch a lot of shorts on YouTube. Was it like somebody like hmm. riding or running or driving through just like tons of corporate it's imagery like, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's just like a city made of corporate logos. Yeah. Hmm. I think crime happens. I don't remember. Crime. Crime. Beats out Wallace and Gromit, though. A master of a matter of loaf and death. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Park's not really hurting for Academy Awards at this no, point. No, he's, got, <laughs> he's got like three of them now. <laughs> Not that it, not that I ever want to root against Wallace and Gromit right. or, sure. or, or Ardman Entertainment in general. 
But like you say, if they have one, you're never super sad. Yeah. All right. Best original score goes to Up, giving Michael Giacchino an Academy Award, beating out Marco Beltrami and Buck Sanders for The Hurt Locker. That's a strong-ass name. Marco Beltrami? Buck Sanders. Oh, Buck Sanders. <laughs> yeah, he's... he's <laughs> He sounds like some 50s action serial. Max Power. <laughs> the Adventures of Buck Sanders. Uh, pew pew. Pew pew pew. Best original song goes to The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. Giving my beloved T-Bone Burnett Academy Award. Oh yeah. But beating Randy Newman twice for The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. Uh, you, you should. I love really should. Yeah. Of course, it has Keith David. So, yes, and he is playing a, an evil voodoo shaman, and he rules. He should Fair do enough. more of that. Yeah, thing. I want more Keith David singing in movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, best sound editing goes to the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Best sound mixing goes to the Hurt Locker. I feel like, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the sound in these the movie, but I feel like Star Trek probably should have won those. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. And that's not just a biased opinion. I feel like that was where the the movies actually shined. Yeah, that movie shined. Yeah, that's that's some some fancy ass sounding. I was with you. Thanks. <laughs> Tell me we'll love me there. Uh, best art direction goes to Avatar. <sighs> yeah. Best cinematography goes to Avatar. Fucking boo. Beating Barry Aykroyd for The Hurt Locker. Not related to Dan Aykroyd. Mm. Uh, also, uh, Robert Richardson, the great DP that uh, has been working with uh, Martin Scorsese most of this decade, is nominated for Inglorious Bastards. Just wanted to give him a shout out. Yes. Big yes. fan. Indeed. Best makeup goes to Star Trek. We Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm glad it got something because it was good. It was like it's Abrams before we realized Abrams was just going to keep doing the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So it was good then, and I, I still think, think it's good then. I was say I, I also I also still like Super Eight. Yeah, I like. Super yeah, Eight. yeah, Super Eight's good. I, I'm not in love with Super Eight, but yeah. it's a film I enjoy. It's a movie about movies. Yeah, it's so. It's him saying, man, isn't Steven Spielberg the best? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best costume design goes to the young Victoria. Give me Sandy Powell another Academy Award. Sweet. Indeed. Um, Best film editing goes to the Hurt Locker. And finally, best visual effects goes to Avatar. Like... Say what you want about Avatar, but how oh, could it not be? But that's it. But that's it. That is literally the <laughs> fucking movie. That is all it is. It is literally James Cameron just going, I can make pretty blue people and give you 
depth. That's <laughs> it. I know how to give you depth. I mean, when 4K just starts coming out, like in fucking joy. I like, mean, he is a visual. He is a very visual filmmaker. Let's just give him the most visual award that no, there is. Fuck you, James Cameron <laughs> is the Georgia O'Keeffe of theater, of film. He just puts a bunch of vaginas on screen. Yes, <laughs> sure, they're pretty, but it's the same fucking thing every goddamn time. <laughs> hey, that sounds sexist. All vaginas like, are different. I was saying, don't get me wrong. I enjoy vaginas on screen, but big fan myself. <sighs> <laughs> All right, honorary awards. We got three of them tonight. Hey, I'm very hey. excited about one of them. Well, I bet I'm excited about two of them. I'm very excited about one of them. Uh, first, Lauren Bacall. In recognition of her central place in the golden age of motion picture. Yay! Then Gordon Willis for unsurpassed mastery of light, shadow, color, and motion. Uh, Gordon Willis, of course, shot all three of Francis Ford Cop, uh, Nicholas Cage's uncle's Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather films. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, and the most important. Honorary award given on the night, of course, given to the most important person to ever make film, Roger Corman. Hooray! And, and he deserves it because he was in two Best Picture winners. Mm -hmm. And for his rich engendering of films and filmmakers. There you go. In, yeah. other, words, in other words, there's... There's no Hollywood after 1960 if there is no <laughs> Roger Corman. Much like all workmen, Roger Corman is a media daddy. Yeah. Oh, I will take any comparison to Roger Corman that you want to give me because that man's a god to me. Mm -hmm. And our Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award tonight goes to John Kelly. And it doesn't have a thing on there, but uh, he produced a film a month on average, including commercial successes like The Exorcist and Superman. Jeez. A film yep. a month. Good he was boy. quite influential during his years at Warner Brother, where he worked from 1968 to 1981. Good job, John Kelly. And Good job. Uh, yeah. we, do, we do not have a Gordon E. Sawyer award tonight. Aww. So uh, they, didn't, they didn't think they could top Roger Corman because oh. Roger Corman is a hero to all. They was yeah. right. And that's our Oscar breakdown. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Yes. This movie. I'm going to let you guys go first. <laughs> okay. I love this film. I think it's gorgeous and sad and wonderful. I've seen it three times now. I saw it the first time that I mentioned when I read it on DVD, and I really enjoyed it. Second time I watched it, I enjoyed it less. Mm -hmm. This third time watching it, I enjoyed it more. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, I don't know if enjoy is even the right word. There's life experience has colored it in different ways for better yeah. and worse, including the loss of a couple of people I know uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's like, mm. it makes it all the more personal and this is it's our generation's war i guess you know so many people mm -hmm. that 
we went to school with went over there. Like, yeah, I had, I had two brothers in law that were over there. Uh, my father, while not in this area specifically or in really any combat situations was stationed often in the middle East while this conflict was going on. So, you know, this, this is a film that hits me very close to home. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, the second time, what, uh, what kind of, I was being more critical on a, uh, technical sense. I, I wasn't crazy about the film style, but watching it again now, it, it just suits, it suits the era and it suits the, the age. I mean, it's not shot like, you know, platoon or, you know, I, I know nobody else here will be like, Oh, um, full metal jacket. But like it, it, there, it's not that era. It doesn't need that kind of that, cinematography that, yeah. That grandiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I realized this time again, yeah, it's, it's done the right way. All right. Now, to Jonathan, who's avoiding talking about how much he doesn't like it. I am not saying I didn't like it. <laughs> In fact, I thought it was a very good movie. Okay. I don't like modern war movies. I don't like how close to home it is. Mm. I, it, they make me very uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as Jarhead, where it's like they tried to, you know, like, Everybody goes fucking insane every goddamn time they're out there. Like, because shit like that does happen, but not to fucking everybody. Where you're given a story of a guy who's just, I mean, he is an adrenaline junkie. I mean, it's just, he, he can't, like, he, and it, I don't think he means it to be that way, but it's kind of hard to, uh, go back when like you know you got a year of almost dying every fucking day because yeah. something's going to explode on you yeah like the <laughs> the one scene when the the officer is asking like how many how many of these have you have you done he's like uh, like 387 or something it was like 873 800. that's what it yeah. was <laughs> just like yeah. jesus christ uh, he he knows exactly yeah um but no, so it's it, it's it's kind of hard to take myself away from that. I, I just, yeah. you know, like you, I guess, knowing people who have been over there and just it, it just makes it rough for me. Um, I will say on the on the when it comes to the cinematography, there was one moment when he came home, you notice it was definitely grayer. It had this like more more film grainy, mm-hmm. like yeah. it, w- it was definitely darker than in the war setting. Granted, yes, desert, it's going to be fucking bright. But it, they, they toned it and they grayed it down so wonderfully. I, I loved that they did that because it's only for like five minutes of the fucking film. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, 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 again, it's, it's so hard to, because again, this is, this is what, 12 years now this movie came out or 13 years. So it's still pretty new. And it's mm-hmm. not like we don't have guys like this out there right now. Yeah. Like maybe not specifically in Iraq, but definitely in that area. And yeah. it's just, it, it's hard for me to go. I enjoyed this movie because it was explosions and awesome. And I, I loved it except 
that shit's still fucking going on because of piece of shit assholes and it's it's hard for me to enjoy something like that because I try to because you know I, I feel like I've been doing too much of the you know hey it came out in December it's Oscar bait and I feel like when you make movies like this there's like this isn't as egregious as like American Sniper Ugh. but it feels like it's just trying like if it's a movie about something that's currently going on all you're doing is just feels like you're profiting more off of shit that's going down right now um that's that's not unfair it it it, it just it, it 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 loses a point for me for that yeah so. i mean uh you know i didn't i didn't do much research on this film this sure. week i just i've been in a weird headspace and i put off watching this as long as i could because you know it, it's a film that that hits me mm-hmm. in a really weird way because of the temperaments of some of my friends that spent time over there. Uh, yeah. And then I think it, it does that for all of us. I just think we're all kind of how we're able to output that. Yeah. I think it's where it's different. Yeah. And, and you know, and yeah, we come from a very heavy military area. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there are, <laughs> oh, go on, Zach. I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, it's just, when you, when you say that, talk about the friends and the temperament and we're, we're literally a generation that sandwiched our, our dads were, you know, over there 10 years before, uh, you know, the setting of this film. So mm-hmm. we're getting, we're seeing the same trauma and unnecessary shit that, that these people went through yeah. from our parents and now our friends. And it's, it's the reason I've only seen it the three times. And even yeah. though I, I think it's a, well-made film and it's an important film it's not what i'm gonna be like oh i'm gonna yeah. watch the hurt locker yeah exactly <laughs> like um, i i just how many years from now because like we can sit back and watch like um spielberg uh tom hanks saving private ryan and we can go that's a fucking amazing movie and it was so far long ago. We're able to kind of pull ourselves away from it and go, it's a great film and it's something that did happen and that impacts a little harder, but it's not happening right now. So how long is it until somebody later on, but all we're getting, cause we're not getting the hero movies out of this, though, that fucking uh, conflict outside of American sniper, which is again, just Drek fucking profiteering off of just shit. Um, we're not getting hero stories out of that conflict. And, and, you know, hard to have one. Yeah. I was going to say it, it echoes Vietnam films in that way where, where your protagonists are often people who have, who have signed up for one thing and are getting something else or are duped into fighting a conflict that, they know very little about, but they feel like they need to fight for their country because people they knew before them fought for their country kind of things. Right. Um, you know, so, so that's a, that's a lot. What this is, is men who ended up in a conflict that put them in over their heads and they're just, they're coping and dealing the best way they can. And a situation that is just, hard to deal with <laughs> yeah 
I love that we have the 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 main trio who are experiencing the same things, but all handling it very differently. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they all kind of end up in the same emotional headspace. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. Eldridge. Uh, like at every moment, you feel like if he doesn't end up getting shot, he's gonna he's gonna kill himself or something. It, it, I, yeah. The first time I watched it, I was sure they were going to go that route, and I'm glad they didn't, because um, it need, didn't need to go that way. But yeah, yeah. And then yeah, know. and you know, there's there's enough pain and sadness in this film that you don't really need yeah. that that kind of real world issue creeping into it to make it even more right maudlin. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, and Brian Garrity is so good too. I he love is. him as Eldridge. He's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So uh, I was I was looking at the cast list and I almost forgot that Guy Pierce was in it. Was he the guy in the very beginning? That gets yeah, he's the bomb up? tech at the beginning that that gets blown up. Yeah. 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 Could have saved him a little longer, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about Guy Pierce in most situations. Which yeah. brings up the point of what is the fucking point of that bomb armor? Yeah, <laughs> like seriously. I guess if you get maybe ten more feet away, been... I, I I really think it's just security theater. Probably, it probably, and you know, because he takes that blast, and it's it's nice to to see an explosion in a film. The the concussive force of mm-hmm. an explosion like that actually kills someone in a movie. I mean, yeah. not that I want to see a human being die like that, but. Right. You know, you see so many movies where people are just blown back and land on, you know, land on the grass, and they're like, "Oh man, I just got, I just got right. hit in the face with something that should have like broken every bow that it touched." Right? <laughs> yeah, and I think it caught. Uh, you know, I'm not a weapons or munitions or explosive expert or anything. So the first time I saw it, I said, like, "Whoa, okay, I guess that is what would happen." Because I've seen so many movies where it didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, and you know, and then later on when, uh, Renner's character gets, gets a, a little less force from an explosion, you know, he opens it up and his nose is bleeding. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's just nice to see a little reality creep in there and it not be just like, Hey, let's full tilt action movie this. Yeah. So also, you know, uh, Rafe finds in the desert and another best picture picture winner. So yeah. that there, that uh, that entire scene, I loved. Jesus Christ! Oh God, it's so like, good. Yeah, I again, it's it's hard for me to like this movie, even though it is a really good movie. Yeah, it it so, really Bigelow really handles the tension well. Oh God, yeah. I, I think I noticed, like, I would be a nerd here, is like, when he said, hey, he's retor- recording this, he's going to put us on YouTube. I was like, wait a minute, I don't think YouTube existed yet at, at this point. And it did. It if, did. Well, if the film was set in 2004, YouTube Was came it out, set in 2004? Oh, says, yeah. You're correct. YouTube was like hmm. December 2015. So I was like... Yeah, you're, you're right. No, uh, YouTube didn't come around until, like, late 05, early 06. Hmm. But I was just being silly about that when I noticed it. Um, 
Because he could have said, oh, they were going to put it on something awful or whatever. <laughs> whatever existed back then. Ebon's right. world. God. Yeah. Uh, nice. YouTube dropped February 14th, 2005. So hmm. I, I was even off on that. So there it is. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. All right. let's, uh, you guys want to go ahead and move on here? Well, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to quickly echo the sentiment about you said when they, when he comes back uh, out of the war and how great it was and just that scene of him in the supermarket and how it just, I thought about it when I went grocery shopping this week and I was just like, wow. This yeah. Is, God, this, that, <laughs> that, that whole segment is the fucking saddest. Yeah. Just a man who cannot yeah. function in in a public setting anymore. And he's only happy when he goes back to right. risking yep. his life. And he tells his child, I don't think I love you. I only love this other one thing. That's oh, so sad. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it. Sad movie, but watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, watch, it, watch it once. Yeah, watch it. Like, it is a good movie. Them. All right. Well, Paul. Yes. Is this movie in the library? It is. Really? Oh, it certainly is. Fuck. So here we go. This is the only film in the National Film Registry for 2009, though technically this is a film from 2008 because it got a festival run mm. before being wide released in june of 2009 so technically i should have read it last week but it it won best picture and it got into the national film registry so uh essentially here you have three years to choose from (laughs) what year did this get in Hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go 2020 that's what i was gonna say as well beat you to a bitch damn it (laughs) well you're both correct all right digital Um, high five when when we discussed the 2020 inductees, I said that there was a Best Picture winner on it. Oh. And I didn't give it to you. This Long drama pays off. Nice. So, yeah, I've been sitting on this one for about a year and a half now. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not totally surprised because of the historical importance of both the subject matter and uh the first woman director winning yeah Yeah. okay yeah yeah um also i'm just gonna go ahead and uh i'm gonna wrap this up now okay we have one more film left in the national film registry it is not a best picture winner we've already discussed it uh as an inductee in one of the two episodes that we discussed the uh the Oh, years that it's 2020 and 2021. Sure. And uh, that's Freedom Writers. Not oh, yeah. Freedom Writers. That sure. Zach just picked up on DVD. <laughs> uh, that was a documentary from 2010 that got in in 2020. And we had already discussed that. So we no longer have a National Film Registry. <laughs> so I think going forward. When we get to this section, we'll just discuss what films from the year we hope to see get into the National Film Registry. In the year 2000. <laughs> the year 2000. Nice. All That's right. That's a good idea. 
Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. All right, let's do a quick Razzie rundown. Um, man, every one of these is wrong. All right. So, <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> I can't wait to be I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. So you don't. You won't be angry. I don't think. But I'll tell you why they're wrong in a minute. Um, worst picture this year was Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, I buy that for a dollar. Yep. Um, it's wrong. Worst actor. Um, by the way, the nominations were also wrong. Uh, All about Steve, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, Land of the Lost, and Old Dogs. Land of the Lost should have won. That's oh god, that's it's bad, that's a terrible film, bad. Um, but still not worse. Uh, worst actor was the Jonas Brothers and Jonas Brothers the 3D concert experience. Boo. Okay, boo on that. that was, yep. that's a bad pick. Sure. Uh, all the nominations and the winner is wrong. Will Ferrell, Steve Martin in Pink Panther 2, which those are bad movies, but uh, Eddie Murphy and John Travolta. Uh, Worst actress. And this was the whole, I remember Sandra Bullock for All About Steve, who she came in with her. uh, Did did she appear with her Oscar? She appeared. No, no, no. That was Halle Berry who appeared with her Oscar. Because because she won these in the same year, the Razzies are held the night before the Oscar. So she hadn't won her Oscar yet, but she showed up with a radio flyer, red wagon, full of copies of the movie All About Steve that she handed out to people. (laughs) That that is adorable. I believe she was the first actress to win an Academy Award and a Razzie in the same year. Same year. Nice. I might be wrong on that. But yeah. Uh she beats out Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, uh Megan Fox, and uh Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. None of those wrong. Or all of those are wrong. All of those are wrong. Got it. And I'm not even gonna joke. No, no, I, I I'm waiting. I'm I'm in rapt attention waiting how this pays off. So please continue. <laughs> yes. We're supporting actor, <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. For the Hannah Montana movie. Boo! That movie rules. Uh, beating out Hugh Hefner, uh, Robert Pattinson, Jorma Tacone. Jorma Tacone? Oh, Jorma did Tacone. they nominate him for... Land uh, of the Lost. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, Jorma Tacone is the one member of uh, Lonely Island whose name wasn't in the credits for the Chippendales movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and, see, and also Marilyn Wayans for G.I. Joe. Oh, come that on. bad. He's, he's actually pretty good. He movie. was good in that movie. Uh, worst supporting actress goes to Sienna Miller for G.I. Joe, beating oh. out Candace Bergen, Ali Larder, Kelly Preston, and Julie White. Wait, what are we nominating Candace Bergen for? <laughs> uh, Bride Wars. It's a terrible film, but we're, we do <laughs> not. Do, Candace Bergen doesn't deserve that. You guys should go to hell. Do not sexualize Annie. <laughs> Uh, worst screen couple goes to Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper for All About Steve. Uh, oh, good. Bradley Cooper getting an award he deserves. <laughs> nice. Uh, any two or more Jonas Brothers, uh, Will Ferrell and any co-star, creature or comic riff, uh, Shia LaBeouf and either Megan Fox or any Transformer, and Kristen Stewart and either Taylor Lautner or Robert Pattinson. Okay. All still wrong, by the way. Oh, I, I'm waiting. <laughs> uh Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, Land of the Lost. Beating out G.I. Joe, Pink Panther 2, Transformers, and Twilight Saga the New Moon. That, that's, a good, that, that's a good win. Yeah. All wrong. Okay. Mm. Worst director, Michael Bay, Transformers. 
beating out Walt Becker, Brad Sibberling, Steven Somers, and Phil Trail. Wait, what did Sibberling direct? Uh, Land of the Lost. Oh, God damn. I, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. He did. A, he's the guy who directed the Lemony Snicket movie, and that movie's great. <laughs> I believe he also directed Casper. Oh, like... 1995 yeah oh okay. christina region yeah like the movie that confused every little boy at that time <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they're both beautiful <laughs> uh worst screenplay goes to transformers revenge of the fallen beating yeah. out all about steve gi joe land of the lost twilight saga new moon all wrong all wrong, all wrong. i'm going to continue down this <laughs> list by the way because we also have worst of the decade okay, okay. all right okay worst actor of the decade goes to eddie murphy Okay. Uh, beating out Ben Affleck, Mike Myers, Rob Schneider, and John Travolta. Uh, worst okay. actress of the decade goes to Paris Hilton. Beating Mariah Carey, Lindsay Lohan, Jennifer Lopez, and Madonna. All right. Yeah. And all worst wrong. picture of the de- yeah all wrong. <laughs> by the way, all wrong so far. Uh, worst picture of the decade: uh, Battlefield Earth. Beating out Freddie Got Fingered. A close, almost right. <laughs> But still all wrong. Uh, Geely, I know who killed me and swept away. And yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty strong category. All wrong. I believe okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Now, Paul, you look like you had an aha moment. Do you, do you know what that uh, aha it's, moment it's, is? The aha moment is it's 2009 and we have to do our decade wrap up in this episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, the good aha. Um, uh-huh. Dragon Ball Evolution came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I've seen approximately 30 seconds of that movie. So I saw that movie and I immediately, yeah, I immediately, no, 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 oh. no. I immediately texted Paul and I said, Paul, you know, those <laughs> times when you tell a person don't do something, you're like, they're going to do it anyway. Mm. And you just kind of let them do it. I said, no, <laughs> do not watch this movie. I don't care what you think. You cannot like, you cannot watch this movie. And he goes, you know, I'm going to watch. I'm like, no, don't. He goes, you know, I'm going to. I was like, all right, fine, but you cannot blame me about it. Like an hour and a half later, I get another text saying, I am 100% blaming you. <laughs> he deserves all that blame, too. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is him. like, no, it is like the worst ever. It's it is terrible. so fucking bad. Like, even if I had never seen Dragon Ball before and I went in with a full clean slate, it is that fucking bad. It's look, I. I'm not a Dragon Ball, and and I'll call this one Z because it it mostly takes from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I'm not a Dragon Ball Z fan. I don't hate it. I'm just not a fan. Right. My very limited exposure to the series, I still think this movie is an embarrassment, and it is (laughs) god-awful. Zach, you should watch it and blame Jonathan for when it's so bad. Seriously. Like, it is now, like, my blame herpes. (laughs) <laughs> Anybody who watches this movie is just like has to blame me. I so. uh, just based on reputation, there were so many times over the years where I'd be like at Walmart or something and see it in the three dollar bin or something. I'd it just, is too much. I'd push it down into <laughs> the pile. It's yeah, like, no, like so, somebody should pay you to watch that movie. Yeah. If it wasn't a crane game that was filled with only that movie and you paid twenty five cents to play that crane game and you were guaranteed to win, you paid too much. Just your time alone. My new aha moment is I know what we're watching for my birthday episode next year. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, I mean, this cats and (laughs) 
No, I'm not going to watch a good movie. Okay. All right. So that is our Razzies. Let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Zack Attack. Hi. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? Oh, does it deserve Best Picture? So I, I've seen nine out of these ten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still didn't get to watch an education, so that's the one I haven't seen. So we'll see. Uh, no matter what, though, uh, it can't be worse than The Blind Side, which is my least favorite of these. <laughs> so I've got that number nine of the others. Then you've got, then I've got Avatar, which. Uh, you know, I've said multiple times on this show that I I saw it like three or four times in theaters and I loved it. And then I got it home and watched it and I was like, oh, this isn't very good, is it? Oops. <laughs> um, you know, so, but it's still better than Blindside. Uh, after that, I have Up in the Air, which I thought was a good movie. It just made me sad and I didn't want to watch it again. But, you know, sometimes movies are just like that. Then I have uh, Precious, which... Uh, was very good, but also made me sad. Um, and District 9, which was very good, but made me ill in the theater. <laughs> but much better watching at home, not as... Uh, I was too close to the screen at the theater. <laughs> then I have A Serious Man, which uh, I've seen twice now, and um, I like it uh, more upon my second view. I liked it the first time, but the first time I saw it, the ending... I was like, wait a minute, are they just doing a thing now after seeing uh, No Country for Old Men with like the abrupt ending? And I was like, they left mm. They left you in that Coen Brothers stupor. <laughs> yeah, but I love it now, so good there. Number three, or, yeah. Um, I have Up, and I know there's issues with it. Uh, I love two-thirds of it. I don't love, I I, I really don't like it once they... The villain turns too fast and the dogs become cartoonish airplane flyers. I mean, I know it's a cartoon, obviously. But, um, I mean, you are a Kubrick film. It is kind of in your thing to like. Half a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm one of those people that Paul will shake his fist at. I won't I won't share memes about Ed Asner uh, going to heaven and <laughs> being with a cartoon character. But. I, I I love the music from that film so Cartoon much. Cartoon character who doesn't even have a fucking voice actress. Right. Yeah. I love the music of the film. I, I do love the first half of it. And I love the return when he opens the scrapbook at the end. I cry all over again. So I like it. But the best movie of the year, far and away, is Inglorious Bastards. It goes back and forth between whether that or Pulp Fiction or my favorite Tarantino. <sighs> I think Glorious Bastards might be better. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, you could probably kick out two or three of these. I mean, I, we should be, we should be at five, but nominees. Um, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is amazing. Uh, Moon, Five Hundred Days of Summer, Watchmen. I love even if it's got issues. And Where the Wild Things Are was great. What well, should have been nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Mary and Max and Coraline. So there's my long spiel. But my answer to does Hurt, Light, Hurt Locker deserve best picture? Yeah, I'm okay with it. It's my it's it's my number two behind Inglorious Bastards on this list. And I remember so many people were like, "Oh man, this is why the Academy's dumb. Avatar was the best; it should have won." I'm like, 
please sit down and watch these at home one after another and tell me that Avatar is a better film. And I'm, I'm sure there's still people who would feel that, but yeah, yeah sure. It deserved best picture. All right. Fair enough. Word. Yeah. Um, this one is a hard one for me because as a film, it deserves best picture, but I hate to give it to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for the other, I've seen six out of the 10. Hooray. Uh, Blindside's Garbo. Mm-hmm. That's just bad. It's insulting. It really is. Terrible film. Um, it, it's especially insulting when you know that they completely made up his backstory so that it made her look like more of a hero. Yep. Uh, Avatar, the same fucking movie we've seen 50 goddamn times, just James Cameron throwing all of the money at it. All of the money. It was not, like, that movie started 3D and was the reason why I did not like 3D. Because it was literally just depth. That's all the 3D gave you. Ruined cinema. Yep. I think Avatar is actually the movie that ruined cinema. It it helped. It it (laughs) is. It, 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 it's just not good. It's it's okay, but it's not good. There's just not an original idea in there except for technology. And I appreciate the technology. I really do. But whatever. Uh, District 9 was great. I love that movie. It's a great film. Uh, Up is... I, I enjoy Up. I, I like the talking dogs. I, it's, is it... A, as good as other Pixar movies, I think it's better than some. Not as definitely not as good as others. Hurt Locker definitely deserves, but yeah, you're right. Glorious Bastards of that list, I think, is the perfect film within it. I've not seen Precious. That's one that I keep meaning to want to watch, but I don't know if it's gotten to the point where it's been so long. I don't know if it's going to be as held up as well. Two movies I feel like that were missed out, though, were Coraline. And another movie that reminded me that this was the year that I actually went to Paul's um, Oscar soiree. Uh, and I wish I still ha- I have the plaque. I just don't have it with me. But I ended up winning a plaque for a chili that I don't remember how I named. But I remember I came up with making the chili because I couldn't make what I wanted to make, which was spaghetti with my Rooney marinara sauce. <laughs> Because I think the girl with the dragon tattoo probably should have been nominated. Uh, that's not this year. That's not this year. Are you sure? Yep. I yep. just looked. Maybe that was the original that was one. the uh, that was the Swedish one starring uh, Numi Rapace. Ah, okay. So then, never mind. Then this wasn't that year that I went to yours. Please. I will say that I did not have a, a party for it this year. Okay. Uh, because it would become what it became the year after this. Gotcha. With the trophies and everything. Sure. Okay. So I got a week, maybe, I think. Is it next year or the year after? Year I think after. it's the year after. I think. Okay, so I got a couple weeks to find my plaque. Hmm. I okay. know I still have it. So, yeah. Um. Again, it. it I'm not mad that it won. I think Inglorious Bastards should have won. But, Yeah. All right, I I watched two of the nominees this week, but I saw almost all of these in a theater or on DVD immediately as they were dropped. So, 
I'm going to do this as best for my memory as I can. Ten nominees, and I'm going to go through them quick. Blindside, my number ten, sucks. Avatar, my number nine, also sucks. Uh, my number eight is Up, which is aggressively mediocre. It is also my number 20 of 22 ranked Pixar films. Oh. That movie, four, the whole second half can go fuck itself. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, but we can discuss that some other time. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right, here's where it gets a little trickier. I think I'm going to go. Number seven is going to be Up in the Air, a film I remember liking a lot, but don't remember enough about to tell you major plot points. Uh, then my number six is going to be an Education, the only other film I watched this week except for The Hurt Locker. Uh you know, I'm saying number seven. It should be ranking these nine, so that'd be six or whatever. Okay, I've lost my whole plot here. <laughs> yeah. All right, so going going through it as quick as I can. Education, really liked, enjoyed. I don't think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Um, and then we're going to go... <sighs> District 9, which rules. Uh, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Excellent. Serious Man, Cohen, one of the Coen Brothers' most uh, personal films. Absolutely love it. And that leaves my number one of the remaining nominees to be Inglorious Bastards. It is my favorite Quentin Tarantino film, and I think it's perfect. Uh, and is a really interesting side piece, the uh, 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 double feature with Hurt Locker, which I'm going to put at my number two as well, the way Zach did. And uh, I'm going to say, yes, I think this is our best picture. I think this is a great film about uh, contemporary war and the effects it has on the people who are forced to be in it. And um, it's great. I think it's a great film. It breaks my heart. I like it a lot. Yes. All right. Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best picture? It is not. Let me pull up my list here. I'm going to give it four and a half stars and put it at my number 32. So right behind last week's Slumdog Millionaire. Ooh, very nice. And right ahead of Million Dollar Baby. 32. I have it at 32. Wow. Yeah. Just underneath Terms of Endearment and above Million Dollar Baby. Well, nice. Yeah. So yeah, definitely not the worst. Paul? I have this at 32. Holy really? shit! <laughs> oh my goodness. I have it, but I have it under West Side Story and right above Gladiator. That is... That's a firsty. That hasn't happened like probably the first five weeks of the show. The show. Uh, since, yeah. since, since we all put uh, fucking... Greatest the show. Greatest show at the last place. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. We must be right. Interesting. Yeah. Great minds Interesting. think I alike. Also, at least I also gave it four and a half stars. Like. Okay. Very nice. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can oh, find me. Hold oh. on. Hold on. We got a thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, a thing. Boy, we even talked about the thing. We sure did. <laughs> but we do this every time, so we're consistent. Yeah. Exactly. All so right. There you go. All right. So we're going to do our is this 
the worst decade of best picture. So here we go. 2000 Gladiator, 2001 Beautiful Mind, 2002 Chicago, 2003 Lord of the Rings, 2004 Million Dollar Baby, 2005 Crash, 2006 The Departed, 2007 No Country for Old Men, 2008 Slumdog Millionaire, 2009 The Hurt Locker. Zach, is this the worst decade for best picture? No, I could say with good authority that it is not. It has some really great winners. It has uh, some really, a couple really bad winners with Crash. And what else did I think is bad? Winner? Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind was okay to me. Uh, I, you know, I'm the outlier on Chicago, which I still think is okay. Uh, but no, it's. Um, I'd say it's a top five decades so far. I don't have it right exactly, but. But I'll say no, it's not not the worst. The, that's still probably the either the 30s or the 50s as far as winners go. Um, I love that we got uh, Marty in here. No Country for Old Men is absolutely incredible. And I, I, I'm glad the Academy was a little brave with picking a movie like that to win. You know, we've got some bad misfires with nominating stuff like uh, the Blind Side and <laughs> giving Sandra Bullock a White Savior Academy Award, but no, it's not. Not the worst. Alright, Jonathan, is this the worst decade for Best Picture? It's the best. <gasps> the best. I think so. Yeah, you're just I, saying that because of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <that's what it's laughs> no, actually, uh, but that definitely uh, put it there. <laughs> Factors uh, of it. I yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, if you look at all the movies that came out. These are, I mean, these are 10 movies that I at least enjoy outside of crash crash. I can go, Hey, I watched it. It happened. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, between it, it, there's a lot of stuff that hits me right where I want, like in the wheelhouse of movies I enjoy. So like mm-hmm. gladiator and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I like my musicals. So I, Chicago is fucking amazing. And yes. The Departed is fucking phenomenal. Slumdog Millionaire is... I mean, these are just... There are more movies here that I absolutely fucking love than I think any other decade. So, no, it is not the worst. It is my best. Paul? As for me, I'm also going to say no, and I think it's my number two. Nice. Behind still the 1960s, which I think is the uh, decade that didn't have anything that I particularly thought shouldn't and uh, i i mostly think crash gives the 60s the edge over this because like i said i don't think there was a film in the 1960s i didn't like as the best picture or at least didn't like as a film even if i didn't think it should have won best picture uh whereas crash i think is just a terrible film and should not have won best picture also uh beautiful mind is fine and should not have won best picture but Gladiator, I believe I said yes on. Chicago, I said yes on. Lord of the Rings, I said yes on. Million Dollar Baby, I said yes on. Departed was my number one film of the year of 2006. And No Country for All Men was my number one film of the year in 2007. Yeah. And then Slumdog Millionaire and The Hurt Locker were both in my top five. So uh, Lord of the Rings was my number one year in 2003. My number one film in 2003. That just doesn't happen almost any yeah. time where I get that many, that's my favorite film of the year. It also won best picture. So yeah, this is going firmly at my number two. Good. The only movie that I question for your sixties is the man for all seasons. 
Yeah. A film like- I said I I took myself out of because I couldn't agree with the main character's viewpoints. Sure. But I still thought it was a well-made film. Okay. I was actually uh, watching the Kevin Smith movie, uh, the stuff that you sent me. And he was saying, like, if there's any movie he wants to see remade, it was that one. Interesting. That'd be interesting to see. Let's see if somebody's up to that task. I feel like they should be. All right. So that is going to be our 2000s. So we got one more full decade left, gents. We do. So I look forward to jumping into that next decade with you. Indeed. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, and TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name, and Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films that I watch. And today... uh, Right before we got into recording, I went and saw Jurassic World Dominion, which, if you like the Jurassic World movies, you're probably going to like this one. If you don't like the Jurassic World movies, just don't go see this. Yeah. I don't need that negativity in my life. Yeah, I'm seeing so many bad reviews, but I'm like, there, I'm, I'm going to listen to Paul on this one, because dinosaurs... Look, eat- it's monsters destroying shit. Yeah, it, I like watching dinosaurs eat people, which you see a bit in this movie. I don't think there was as much dinosaurs eating people as I would prefer but there is some good dinosaurs eating people um (coughs) and at this point i don't go see jurassic park films for deep philosophical conversations i go see them to watch dinosaurs eat people which i got and they're essentially the fast and the furious movies at this point just (laughs) shut up and have fun (laughs) good nice all right all right and zach what are we watching next week next week we're we're taking a detour for Big Willy Weekend. Big, Big Willy Weekend. weekend. <laughs> and uh, we are watching <laughs> the Legend of Bagger Vance. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is available to rent on Amazon, Hulu, Google, Philo, Sling TV, YouTube, and Vudu. Is that streaming anywhere for free? I don't see it currently. Boo. Boo on life. Unless you have a Stars subscription, but that's not free either. Ah, Stars. Stars. Is that still a thing? It's like an add-on to Hulu or Amazon or something. Yeah. yeah. Legend of yeah. Bagger Vance. Got some stories about that one. Nice. Yeah. All right. With that... We like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. And since none of us were cheesy enough, I'll do it now and mention Hawkeye and the Falcon. <laughs> I was watching Hawk. this. With, I was watching this with Leanne. And she was like, "Is that Falcon?" I just fucking realized that now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, 
I just like to pretend that this is uh, Falcon's backstory. Because when you meet Sam Wilson, he's already, like, out of war and helping. Yeah. So, no, all I right. actually don't like that. It's just yeah. Um <laughs> All right. So, um, so, for Jonathan, Zach, and um, Hawkeye. Whatever. <laughs> I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>